instructions. We want to discuss a foundational point in our Why Should I Care series. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. In this Salvation Walk, we are daily learning how to live a life that is pleasing to Jehovah God through His Holy Word and by His Spirit. Some of the things we learned in the past, however, were not always found in Scripture and often were in direct opposition to it. Today's topic is about the importance of following His Word as He intended, not based on our intentions. Nice. So let's start this leg of the journey. Follow us on redpiltora.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. It's our way of getting all this goodness out into the world. In the last podcast, we heard Mark's red pill story. We appreciate him sharing his journey. Thanks, Mark. If you'd like to share your red pill story with us, email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Now let's talk about today's Why Should I Care? So in our Why Should I Care series, we hope to explain from Scripture why we see it important to stop following some of the general Christian traditions we used to follow. Mm -hmm. We understand that some believers see these traditions as harmless or even useful in some ways. We used to feel the same way. Since our red pill experience, our eyes began to open to the origins and meanings of many of these traditions. Some of these traditions we even thought were God's instructions. It was after doing the Berean thing studying the scriptures for confirmation to what was being taught, that we began to learn how man's ideals and even occult practices got mixed into the worship of the one true God. That's right, Mama. While some men's ideas are pretty good, some are not so good. In every case, men's ideas should not override God's instructions. Not every tradition is bad, but every tradition should be examined and evaluated based on God's word. So today, we want to talk about good intentions behind what we do and how those good intentions compare to the Father's instructions. So, Dad, let's start with defining what we mean by intentions. Okay. Often the word intention is defined as the reasons and or motivations for what we do. It can also refer to the end goal we hope to achieve by doing whatever we're doing like the way a student wants to get good grades because they intend to be able to be accepted into a prestigious prestigious college. Yep, our intentions can sometimes be inferred by our actions, but not all the time. In our minds, we usually mean well. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says that the heart is deceitful and wicked. Mm. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart I test the intentions and give every man according to his ways. Hebrews 4 and 12 picks up with saying that the word of God is able to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. Most believers don't start their day wondering what kind of evil plot we can implement, you know. (laughs) In our minds, we really just want to do good. Mm -hmm. But what we sometimes find ourselves doing is gossiping about someone or attacking their character and rationalizing it by saying, pray for him, because gossip is really a prayer request, right? Um, uh, okay, yeah, right, right. Okay, maybe not. Or perhaps we may go along with a Halloween-related celebration in the church, reasoning 
that it gives the kids something to do in a safe environment. Even though we're celebrating an occult holiday in the place we worship the Creator. Yikes. And lastly, imagine a married person making a flirtatious comment to someone who is not their spouse or taking a long look at an attractive person and rationalizing that it's all in fun because they don't intend to be unfaithful. Yeah, um, you know, these are all good examples of how we convince ourselves that our actions are fine because in our minds our intent is good. We trick ourselves into feeling good about bad behavior or bad decisions or feeling um, good about compromising God's instructions. Let's go over some Bible examples that maybe will shed some light on how God saw people's actions and intentions in light of his instructions. Okay. In Genesis chapter 2, God told the man not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or he would die. Mm -hmm. In Genesis 3, the serpent tempted the woman to eat from the same tree God told the man not to eat from. Verse 6 gives us insight into what she was thinking. It says that she saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to look at, and able to make her wise. In her mind, that was enough to disregard God's instructions. It looks to me like her intent was maybe not so much to defy the Almighty God. Instead, I think her intent was more like self-gratification or self-improvement. You know, we we haven't changed a whole lot since then. The way we rationalize our intentions, whatever's good for us just has to be good, even if it goes against God's instructions. Yikes. So often we just want to find a way to do what we want to do so that we'll be better off in our minds. As we say it, I need to do me. Now, by the way, how many sermons have you heard that talk about reaching your full potential? A lot. Well, you know, that's a topic that sells a whole lot of books these days. My question is, who designed your full potential? And what does your full potential mean with respect to God's instructions? In this instance, her intentions put her in direct opposition with the Creator's instructions. And it started the chain of events that led to the fallen state of mankind today. Hmm. That's pretty heavy. I mean, who knew that not doing things God's way could impact so many people so drastically? So let's go to Numbers 15 for another example. Okay. Numbers 15.32 tells us about a man who was caught gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Now, if you heard our podcast called God's Calendar, you know that God's people were instructed to refrain from working on the Sabbath. The scripture doesn't tell us what his intentions were. I don't know, maybe he wanted a warm cup of coffee with his breakfast, or maybe he wanted some sticks to build an extra room to his sukkot or his tent. I don't know. Um, But we do know that the people who saw him gathering sticks had him arrested. God instructed Moses to have that man executed outside the camp for breaking his instructions. Mm. Evidently, God didn't value his intentions, whatever they were, more than he valued his clear instructions. First Samuel 15 gives another account of how seriously God takes having his instructions followed. Chapter 15 tells of how God instructed King Saul to attack Amalek. 
to destroy all that they had and to kill every person and animal, regardless of age or gender. King Saul led the attack and won the battle, but he spared the king of the Amalekites. He spared the best sheep, oxen, lamb, and anything he thought was good. Whatever King Saul thought was worthless, he ordered those things to be destroyed. And when he was confronted by the prophet Samuel, King Saul said that he had done everything God commanded. Yeah, he did. And then Samuel answered King Saul with a question. So, Saul, um, what's up with this sound of sheep and oxen that I'm hearing in my ears? Mm. Wish I could do that in a New York accent. Anyway, um, King Saul explained that his intentions, or rather, he blamed the people for sparing the best animals to sacrifice to Samuel's God. Wow. Did you just say Samuel's God? Yeah. I did. So he's not King Saul's God, too? Good point, Mama. And bad move by King Saul. Samuel explained the way God compared King Saul's intentions to his divine instructions. In verse 22, Samuel stated that the Lord values obedience to his instructions more than he values sacrifices. He equated rebellion to witchcraft and stubbornness to idol worship. When we decide to go our own way and disregard his instructions, we become God to ourselves. Mm. You know, in the cowboy movies, the sheriff often says to his rival, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. One of us has got to go. Well, our hearts are kind of like that small town in the Western movies. Not big enough for two gods. I like the analogy, Dad. And I'm shaken by what God thinks about stubbornness because so often I'm stubborn about some things. And I really need to be sure that I'm not stubborn about God's things. Anyway, God did not take King Saul's disobedience lightly. Verse 28 reads that the Lord would tear the kingdom he gave to Saul from him and give it to his neighbor who is better than King Saul. Mm. Wow. Okay, Mama, so um, let's try to make this plain for our listeners. Why should they care if their actions don't line up with God's instructions, but their intentions are really good? Doesn't the fact that they mean well count for something? Well, let's be clear, Dad. We're not talking about a difference of opinion that is not based on God's instructions or an area in which a believer lacks understanding. We're talking about instances in which God's instructions are clear and we have knowledge about what he expects from us. If we revisit uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 22 to 23, the father clearly states that he prefers obedience over sacrifice. And those who knowingly rebel he considers as bad as being a witch or an idol worshiper. Bottom line, our intent cannot justify overriding his instructions. Hey, I agree with you, Mama. We should always mean well, and we should follow the Father's instructions. Mm-hmm. As believers, we don't live our lives based on our feelings. Now, if we reach a point in which we're not clear on what the instructions are, we can rely on the Ruach Chakodesh, the Holy Spirit, to guide us to truth in the written Word of God. I really hope that our listeners will be courageous enough to examine their own intent, their own actions, 
and their own beliefs. If any of these don't line up with God's instructions, I pray that they will take the red pill, repent, and follow God's instructions. So, if you don't know his instructions, we urge you to learn them. And if you see scriptures that seem to contradict each other, don't pick the interpretation that justifies your intent. Study, pray earnestly, and be ready to change your beliefs and behaviors if necessary. And trust the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you into all truth. That's why Yeshua sent him. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and read over the scriptures we've shared. If you have any questions, comments, or encouragement, let us know. We love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. In our next podcast, we'll discuss food from the Torah's perspective. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Bill Torah, where you, you can, can handle, handle the, the truth. truth.